You know that thing you feel when someone cracks a joke at the right time and hits the right nerve inside? Well, that's called happiness. It's accompanied with lots of laughter and smiles, and if you let it reach deep enough, it can turn into pure, unadulterated joy. Joy is one of my favorite things to experience. It's not like an emotion that can come and go with whatever circumstance you find yourself in at any given moment. It doesn't have highs and it doesn't have lows. Joy simply is. It's a way of viewing the world and the experiences that make up your days in life. Choosing to be a joyous person brings forth a lot of happiness and laughter with it, but without joy as the root foundation, those things aren't quite experienced to their full potential. If someone asked me what joy looked like, I'd be hard-pressed not to immediately point them in the direction of Brandon Jones. With what memories I can recall from him, there isn't a single one where he isn't smiling. He's a constant reminder of being thankful for the days you have and the opportunities that come your way. I'm not saying he doesn't have bad days. We all get those. But with Brandon, it seems to be ingrained in his DNA to find the joy even when you just went through a dark day. He's got a way of letting it spill over into those around him without appearing to even really try. And this clearly flows out in his music. When he's on stage, you know that he's bringing a party with him. He's got the look of someone who is genuinely happy to be there. And that flows out into the crowd, feeding off his energy and that of his incredibly talented band. And he should be happy to be there. His start in performing music professionally kind of happened by chance, with a few nudges from others until it sunk in that he has something to offer, with a talent and voice to back it up. Welcome to the Heath Bar, where the conversations are always on tap. So you're you're a Shiner fan. I am I a Shiner. I, I think I knew that. I am a Shiner fan. Um, we uh, the only reason is I think is used to drink just about anything. Yeah. Um, and, just, and literally just about anything. I mean, I was into I. I'm not huge into IPAs and stuff. I don't mm-hmm. mind them, but they're not the first thing I'll probably if I'm going to a bar by myself. I'm going to order a beer. Um, but then we uh started hanging out with this uh a shiner rep that came from chicago and he was a super cool dude and he he came and, and wanted us to play at his shiner fest and threw he threw a shiner fest down at the square in rapid i was at that and we played it for we played it two years and then he ended up taking another job and the new shiner rep that doesn't do anything like that but um but so that was about the first time I I mean I'd had Shiner before cuz my mm-hmm. good friend Mike Mike you know he likes Shiner he's from Texas and so it's like I I mean I'd had it and I'm like huh oh, it's okay whatever you know Yeah it's just a moseyed on well yeah. then it was like we sat with that Shiner up guy a couple of few times and it's all what you got to drink cuz he'll buy you Shiner but he won't buy you anything else and so you're drinking Shiner Bach all night and then I was like, he's buying. Really, really honest. Well, that's kind of was at first, <laughs> yeah. you know. But after a while, I was like, hey, this actually isn't all that bad, you know. I'm like, I kind of like it. And then I started just drinking it. And then I just 
made it the drink of choice. And, yeah. I don't know. You know so it, I'm it, used to it. It was kind of a kind of a peer pressure you drink it enough you all of a sudden you start to like it type thing well <laughs> i don't know because they've got other they've got other flavors you know shaner yeah. does have quite yeah. a few other flavors now i necessarily like the other ones but the shaner bach i actually kind of like and um, i liked it at first i tried the other ones and i was like oh ugh. you mm-hmm. get like a ruby red and it's okay you know Didn't they make a was it a i don't want to say pickle it was some type of fruit like a green maybe it was a pickle I don't know. I don't know. Might have been. They had some type of weird flavored beer that they had at that mm-hmm. Shinerbach fest. Yeah, and, they, and they do. They they got some weird beers. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't really. I don't really know Shiner that well. But yeah, they. I don't know. I like it. Yeah, when I uh, when not, I moved not up kind here, of acquired um, well, when I got to know the Crow Peak guys pretty well, I just got really into for a good couple of years there, just trying to dive into all the kind of craft beers I could find, you know, mm-hmm. and just, I went, I went all the way to like quad IPAs, you know, that are just like over the top. Like you're yeah. basically drinking, you know, alcohol straight at that point, you yeah. know, because it's so, <laughs> all you can taste is the chemicals. You can't really yeah. taste Ooh, any good flavor. I like it. Um, and then, you know, but then all the way up to, you know, some of the, some of the free ones and Shiner was one of the ones I found during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being from Texas, I'm like, well, I gotta try it, you know. Mm-hmm. Haven't been to Texas yet, but I'm a big fan of all the music coming out of there. So yeah, it's like, exactly. I gotta try Shiner. Hey, so. give it a try. Um, yeah. I think that festival was the first time I ever saw you. Oh, yeah? Because um, I went... Was it the one with Jason Eady? Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I went um, to see my uh, Cody Hollinger. Oh, yeah. Because he played that, too. Mm-hmm. And I had never met him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd heard about him, and I was going to be going with him and a few other friends of mine to go see uh, Jason Isabel in Sioux Falls oh, like yeah. that week like the next week right so it's like, and so I'm like oh he's playing a rapid I might as well go say hi to him introduce myself dude and it was <laughs> it was so funny he's up on stage he does his songs I'm sitting back there and I, I introduce him. I say hey man I'm Heath you know we kind of had a text group going out about the Jason Isabel gig mm-hmm. he's like oh yeah cool nice to meet you man and then he just walked into the back Kind of the, I guess it was the VIP section mm-hmm. and hung out back there and I just kind of <laughs> sat by myself the whole time because I didn't go with anyone I just kind of sat there I was like uh-huh. well <laughs> and now we're great friends but yeah. I always give him give him so much shit about well, that cool, like, nice did you meet you the bye. first time we met like you just were it's like no man it was just the the beer was free back there so I just I hung up I'm like I get it but it's really funny to, to mm-hmm. talk about but um, yeah Nope. And I and I'm well, I'm a big fan of Jason Eady, so I was yeah. excited. To I'd see never him. heard of him until then, and yeah. yeah, really good songs. And I didn't, we didn't get to stick around for a show. I still am bummed about that. Yeah. Whoever whoever was booking us at the time, which was me, double booked us. <laughs> <laughs> double booked us. We literally had to go that morning. We went up and set up at a wedding in Lead, and then turned around, came back set up did you know it was like a you had to strike the stage play yeah and then strike the stage you know and so it's like you just boom 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 oh. and and so <laughs> we played and that was probably the hottest stage that we've ever played on yeah there. they had aluminum platform sticking out of the concrete stage and it was like oh. i literally think you could have fried an egg on it oh my it gosh. was so hot and but no more than we got done i'm the drummer we had a seth at the time who's still a really good friend he doesn't drum with us currently but he uh He's never ever complained ever at a show. Never yeah. complained ever, and uh, 
was the only time I've ever heard him say, that was hot. <laughs> oh, That man. was so hot, I thought I was going to die. And he was even in the shade, because, you know, he's the drummer back in the... He's got a little <sighs> shade there, but, I mean, it was like... It was miserably hot. I was... I mean, we played... I think we only did like a 45, 45 minute set. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of it, I was soaked in sweat, which isn't uncommon. But I mean, <laughs> but it was like already this early, you know, usually get good two or three hours set maybe. Well, dude, but, that stage, like it's, it's awesome what that, what they built down there. And that's, yeah, it's phenomenal that Rapid City has something mm-hmm. like that. And I like that they keep doing things mm-hmm. there, you know, cause it's easy for someone yep. to build something like that. Yep. It goes for a few years and then it just kind of mm-hmm. sits there, you know? Yeah, um, but I I wonder what the decision was that made the stage on that, that corner yeah, versus where the water stuff is. Right, because then in the evenings when you're going to have music most of the time, mm-hmm. you know, you've got your backs are to the sun. You know, yep, you're over yep. in the shade of it more, and it's probably due to them wanting to face downtown. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I, unless maybe they were keeping the audience in mind instead of. The performer saying who gives a crap you know about what? the performers. That's probably more accurate. We more care about the audience. I don't know because I feel the same way. I've I've been down there for a majority of both as a singer on the stage and to watch people. You yeah. Know? And, uh, you know, you don't notice it when you're watching. You're like, gosh, this is so fun. And yeah. It's so beautiful out here. Gosh, this is so nice because it is. It's an amazing square. I mean, it's, it's awesome, you know. Yeah. And there's so many options. You park and you can just go from there, you know. Yeah. And and then but then up on stage you're like, <sighs> well, you oh, just yeah. you're standing in one place and the sun, the sun is, is just, just baking coming you. And I'm, down. I'm ginger, so I mean I am I'm, <laughs> I'm not allergic to the sun, but after a while I am. You start I'm to a, notice, like okay, I start getting the Santa Claus cheeks. I mean I've already got chubby cheeks, and then you start <laughs> they start getting sunburned real bad. And then, oh man. Yeah. No, it's a cool place. I've played every time I've played there. Like I look down at my pedals, and I should move those into the shade or just yep. put put my back gig bag over them so they're not just roasting, roasting. the electronics inside and stuff. But, we use uh, a we used an iPad for like um, to keep track of our set list mm-hmm. and if we wanted to move and what key is this song in or whatever, right? Yeah. And it was in the sun, and so the bass player went to go look at the next song and. And it wasn't working, and he's like, "I have no idea what's next." <laughs> and, and it was so we're so someone we were called so, something out. <laughs> we were so like stuck to whatever that iPad said. We just did it, you know, like, mm-hmm. and it was we all just kind of looked at each other like, "What do we do now?" Oh no! <laughs> and all of a sudden, we don't know songs. No, it wasn't that bad, but you know, it's like, oh no. Well, oh, you no. get kind of used to it. Yeah. I, I, I when I put up a set list when I play with Eric, uh, you know. He, he likes to get a set list, and I like to have one, too. You know, it gives you some type of guidance. Yeah. So sometimes we go off it. But I've noticed, like, that the gigs that we go to that I don't have a set list, mm-hmm. we play a song, and then we look look at each other and, like, so then what? Well, what should we do next? <laughs> and we're sitting there for a few minutes going, um... Well, the problem is, if you know 100 songs, you get somewhere to play your 100 songs, and you look at each other like, I don't know any more songs <laughs> can't to play. Remember I any can't one. think of another oh, song to play. What's that song? What's that one? I guess should we do Wagon Wheel? Oh no, no, <laughs> you know again, again. We'll do a twelve-minute no. version of Wagon. Everyone gets a solo. We can go from that. <laughs> then let's jump into some Leonard Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, dude, because you you get there and you're like, oh man, but like I'll do this when I play at Flanagan's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I won't go in with a set list. 
Um, but I'll have like just a master list of all the songs I know that I can just kind of mm-hmm. glance at. But then even then, I'll pick it up and I'll go, oh, which, which one should I do? And I'm spending like time just mm-hmm. when I could be talking to the yeah. crowd, if playing you, If songs. it was built, yeah, that's, yeah. Or my, my biggest fault is you get done with a show or say if I, if I have to go play acoustic, I most always usually play with the band, but if I go play like an, an acoustic show or opening for somebody mm-hmm. acoustically, then then I'll like, if I don't make a set list even for myself, because I feel like yeah. now I can, I can just go freewheeling it, it's myself. And it's like, but if I don't, then at the end of it, I'm like, oh. I should have totally played that song. Yeah, y'all, that was that's my song, man. That's a good song. Yeah, man, I should have played that because I didn't have it. You know, it wasn't in. I wasn't thinking about it. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, I'll think of a song like the day before a gig. Like, oh, I want to play that tomorrow night when it's yeah. when it's just me, and then I won't play it. I'm like, what? That's the one song I wanted to play, yeah. and you just yeah. you just forget about yeah, it. Yeah, you get done. And you're like, that was the perfect song for this venue and crowd. Heck was I think escapes your mm-hmm. mind that um no most of the time now like I always have have a set list and it's I've got at least three sets printed out on a sheet and uh, um, you know I'll look at it like the day before and make any quick changes like oh I want to try this song or not do this song this time and everything like that and you know it's you you learn a lot you know when you mm-hmm. after you go through how long have how long have you been playing um. Actually, it'll be uh, six years this March. Six years, it's and that's that's publicly. Yeah, like, yeah, publicly. Yeah, yeah. I never, I never, I was too shy to get into music when I was a kid. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I mean, I was, I wasn't shy. I can get up. I was class clown my senior year of high school. No, yeah, no. <laughs> right. I don't believe that for and, a second, man. And yeah, and and so I mean, believe it. No, there's um, no lying at the Heath Park. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> well, I did. No, um, no. But I was class clown, so I mean, I was fine with getting in front of people and being goofy or doing whatever. But if I had to get up and like do something serious, it was like, oh no, I'd make a joke and leave because I couldn't do it, you know. <laughs> and um, and then. My ex-wife signed me up for karaoke one night, like the Elk Creek, mm-hmm. and I'd like to think I could have died, um, but I got up there and sang a song, and I remember what it was. Um, oh, it was a Paul Brandt. He's a Canadian. Yeah. Paul Brandt, I do. And so I got up there and sang that song, and it's slow to boot. So you're at yeah. a karaoke place, and you're singing a, a you know, a slow, I love you song, and it's like, oh, this is so boring. But this I. Is- <laughs> Sappy Brandon, <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure I sucked, but I, you know, whatever. It, it, I just started doing the karaoke thing, and uh, I, I mean, people would. It, it got kind of weird. People were like, "Hey, man, are you coming out and singing karaoke on Friday?" And I'm like, "What? I don't. I don't know. I, we just always happen upon a yeah. karaoke bar. We don't like make plans like right. Let's all go to the karaoke bar. You right. Know? Nobody ever, we ever did that. So it's like." I, that was kind of weird, and then I, people I didn't know. Are you couldn't have seen karaoke, and I'm like, what? I, I don't know. Like, well, how do you know? What? I like what? They're like and it was just kind of weird, making fans know? in the background while you're up there singing your heart yeah, away. I didn't know, and then I mean, like, and I'm, I'm, I'd go up there and just sing whatever. I mean, so there, it was hit or miss, and so yeah. usually my friends signed me up for songs, so I could have got up there and sang, you know, like a virgin. <laughs> I mean, could have been from that. To like a Nickelback tune because they hate me or something. Oh my you know? gosh! Let's make him. Let's make him sing make Nickelback. Him do Nickelback. Make him do it. Uh, Wait, pants around your feet. And, oh I mean, my gosh! 
every time. You Give know? him a few shots first and send him up there. <laughs> Not, I mean, ninety percent of the time, I'd get up on stage and look at the karaoke guy like, "What? What am I singing?" And he's like, "Oh, whatever you signed up for." I didn't sign up. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. <laughs> it was your name. You're Brandon, right? I'm Brandon. And I'm looking at the TV like, "What am I about to do?" Oh and man. The old faithful was Sir Mixalot. I'd always get up. Somebody would sign me up for big butts of all course. the time. That that's a and karaoke so, classic, man. Mm-hmm. If if there is such a thing as karaoke classic, yeah, but yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure there is. That's that's one yeah. of them. But yeah, so I mean, I went from karaoke to uh, out of nowhere. I get a confirmation email one time saying, um, "My ex-wife was really notorious for stuff like this." But I got a confirmation email saying, "Thanks for signing up for the Texaco Country Showdown. Your your preliminary is going to be here at this day." And I'm like the heck is this what what and so i called i called her and was like what what did you do yeah. i signed you up for a prelim we got to go up to belfouche and sing this this friday where everybody's gonna go i already invited everybody we're going and i'm like the heck is happening what what am i doing what am i supposed to do no it's easy it's, it's like karaoke but you can't use a, a the teleprompter you know you just got to know these songs and i'm like what and so she signed me up for a couple of dumb songs and we had to download our own karaoke tracks off off the internet. Sure. And uh, and give them to them, and we went and sang. And I, the top two from a prelim made it to the finals. Well, I didn't make it um, because there was a, a band that was playing that was out absolutely amazing, and there was this girl that sang with her grandpa, mm-hmm. who was by far, she was the most phenomenal singer I've ever heard in my life. I would have felt guilty if I made the top two mm-hmm. with those two being there. Do you remember who they were? <laughs> um, no. Okay. Um, I mean, I do. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. have to look. I don't know. But, I mean, oh, amazing. Um, and me and that girl, I really feel bad about not remembering her name. Um, because we have plans. We're both going to be famous, and she's going to have a pink touring bus. And Oh, it's, all, know, that it's was, all figured out. That yeah. was all figured out. But, uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no. <laughs> But we, uh, anyways, we um. So you lost that. Well, I lost, lost that yeah. prelim. But yeah. you could you could sign up for more prelims, and so, uh, the ex-wife signs me up for another one, and I said, "Bob, well, I'm, I'm picking the songs this time. I said, I ain't, I ain't doing Paul Brandt. I do again." And so, <laughs> no joke. And so then, I hope someone has video and we can hunt that down. <laughs> Probably, I'll put the um, link at the bottom of the yeah. podcast online for everyone. <laughs> so I I go to the next one. And it was like in um. Maybe this, maybe no. This one was in Belfouche. The, the the first one was in the first one was in Spearfish here at the Z Bar. That's what it was back in the day. And uh, anyways, so I, we go to some bar in Belfouche, and I get up on on. They actually made a stage out of pool tables, like you do. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody does that. <laughs> and so I get up on this sketchy stage, and uh, and I sang Old Red, and I sang a Jake Owen tune. Was that any eight second ride or whatever? Oh yeah. Mm. And. Uh, um, just because I thought it fit my voice the best, and mm-hmm. got up and sang, and it was like the whole. It was a really weird experience for me. It was the first time I'd ever like got up and sang in like the whole place. It was like half restaurant, half bar, and so I'm sure the restaurant's annoyed because there's this thing going on, singing competition going on, yeah, and in, in one end, and people are trying to have dinner on the other side. And I started singing, and I remember looking out, and I'm nervous. I'm like sweating. I'm not used to this stuff. I don't do this thing, and and I look across the, the the bar, and like everybody in that place was looking at me, which didn't make it any better, <laughs> you know. I'm like, but it was the first time I've ever been like, 
everybody's looking at me like the whole place stopped eating and just looked and there were people peeking and the judges were sitting back with wide eyes and I'm like I don't know what's happening and all I was doing I was just singing Old Red that's all I knew I'm like I just gotta make it through the song without puking and so and I did I got done and they they did it the old like American Idol way where you get done and the judges critique you they give you whatever you know advice or fix or over there sorry Mm mm-hmm That'll oh. be way better. <laughs> <laughs> they give me whatever advice or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and and I get done and I'm like, oh, that was really weird. Uh, um, one of the one of the judges, they were it was through Eagle Country, mm-hmm. and uh, they was like, that was that was by far one of the best performances we've ever had. And I'm like, okay, he's been in the bottle or something. He's been drinking or something. How long have like, you been here, sir? Yeah, I was like, what's going on? What number on? is that for you? <laughs> so I got down and oh, whatever. I made it. I think I won that night. I made it to the finals. Well, it, and I made it to the finals and I ended up being in the top five. I can't remember where I was, but they always do the finals in Hermit Park and Belfouche. Mm-hmm. And I was in the top five, I think maybe third or fourth or something, maybe even fifth. I don't know. Um, but I was the only one in the top five that didn't play my own instrument or didn't, you know, I was singing the karaoke tracks. Right. I just, I didn't have an electric, acoustic electric. I didn't have nothing. And, uh, I mean, I could kind of play the guitar. I think I knew four songs at the time, you know? And, and so I'm like, I, I was like, I, I didn't make it through that stage of the game, but I was like, wow, look how far I, I made it just singing. I'm like, maybe, maybe I do have something here. I, I don't know. And so I, uh. I don't know. The, I ended up doing it like two or three years and uh, ended up getting up on stage. And I know you can find this YouTube video somewhere, but I got up and sang Old Red. It was the first time I've ever played my acoustic guitar, acoustic electric guitar I had just gotten for Christmas. And this was January. And so I played <laughs> Old Red on my guitar at the Loud American. And I think if you look up Old Red, Brandon Jones or something, it's spelled like O-L, yeah. I think, uh, on YouTube, you can maybe find it. I'm wearing like a tough enough to wear a pink t-shirt and oh sure and uh those are still <clears> around <throat> i think i see oh, them yeah. every now and then they, they were real. big a few years ago though oh, yeah. I think everyone had real. Them. well yeah every stock show they sell them but yeah this one was like all pink but i don't know why i wore that shirt but um man well i made it to the my goal was at that point i'm like maybe i can start a band and you know we can like go to bars and and drink for free and play and and just have fun. It'd be fun. I mean, that's really the only reason anyone ever starts a band. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, to go to go have fun and, and drink and then just be like, in my mind, I'm thinking this is way funner than karaoke. And and it'd just be fun. I and never in my life did I think that, like, the opportunity to be able to play as much as I do now, whatever. Mm-hmm. I never thought I live out in Rapid Valley. I thought if I could play at Sally O'Malley's once a month, yeah. That'd be super cool. Yeah. Because then I could just walk home and I'm right back home. You know, it's not a big so deal. Great. And yeah. And, uh, you know, things, huh. things grew from there. Yeah. The Texas Showdown, man. Yeah. Or the, yeah, that's what it was called, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. So yeah. I did not realize it, uh, but I got, I did that a few years ago. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know what it was. I had no clue what it was. But yeah. my buddy, uh, Dan McGinnis, I don't know oh, if yeah. you've heard it, but he, mm-hmm. he worked for, he works for Eagle Country. Mm-hmm. And he uh, was one of the judges at the one of the preliminaries mm-hmm. at uh, the steakhouse out, mm-hmm. um, I think in Piedmont. Oh, I forget the name of it. Elk Creek. Uh, that might be actually. Yeah, that's that's it. Yep. And uh, he he calls me up and he says, "Hey, what are you doing today?" And you know, I had my girls and we were mm-hmm. 
going to be doing some, they needed some clothes shop in Rapid. And I said, well, we're going to be in, in Rapid today. He's like, hey, um, he tells me about this thing. He's like, can you just come and play a few songs? He goes, we didn't get a lot of entries. And we just kind of, you know, want some people to fill some time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? He's like, he's like, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. You just come, you play a few songs. It's like, there's judges there, but it's, it's, it's kind of a contest, but it's not really, you know, anything. And I was like, I was like, well, yeah, I'll come play a few songs. You know, help him out. You know, it's like, I have to yeah, judge for it. Buddy. So if you can do it. Yeah. So I, I bring my guitar and I pick the two songs that I wrote that I wanted to play and I get there and I'm the last one to go on because I was the last one to sign up because mm-hmm. I just showed up that day and everyone before me was was that they had yeah. the karaoke tracks uh-huh. you know and they or were they, covers they were singing and, playing their yeah. covers and everything yeah. like that and I looked at Dan I'm like I didn't read any memo what am what, what am I doing what like I this is here? this is not what I thought this would yeah. be you know yeah um but I get up there, I play my play my songs, and they liked them. I ended up winning that preliminary, uh, and my daughters were just they thought it was the greatest thing. And the, they saw their dad win something, yep. you know, and they're like, "Oh, yep. this is super cool!" Yeah. Which uh, was, I think, they give you like a hundred bucks for taking. Well, that the preliminary was fifty. At least the oh, year yeah, I did it, we yeah, got fifty bucks, 50. and we got yeah. some gift cards to Boots and Barn for some yep. clothes and that. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was like, oh, it was well, cool. Heck is, yeah, thanks, buddy. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they they the the one of the judges she made fun of me. She said every time you sing your eyes are closed, and uh, you know at the time I told her I said well I'm just trying to remember my own lyrics. <laughs> but if I was smart I would have said yeah I'm just really passionate about the songs. You know yeah. I'm just getting into it. Just really getting into it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then we did the Belfouche thing, um, and uh, it looks like it's snowing. The, was the, no, I mean, oh. it was the cotton flying in Belfouche when you were there? Yeah. It so looks like it's snowing in Belfouche. It was... <laughs> For some reason that day, oh, man. around the 4th of July, All in Herman Park, it is like the cotton is yeah. coming off of the cottonwoods, like as if it's the middle of December. And I mean, it's just like... Well, and I'm, I get there, and the other people that show up, they've got instruments too. So I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And that's where I met uh, the Jerdies. Oh, yeah. Eva and, mm-hmm. and Peyton. Oh, yeah. Um, because it was, it was That's those how I two. Met them too. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so I met them. <clears throat> I met a few of the others. Uh, there was one guy that came all the way from like Sioux Falls area. Mm-hmm. Rhinestone boots, tightest mm. jeans. Of, I mean, he basically was <laughs> Dwight Yoakam of South Dakota, man. <laughs> nice. And he had all the moves down and he, he did it all on stage. Uh-huh. He did all the hip shakes and the knee shakes and oh, yeah. did the whole, you know, I was like, what? I, I was like, I. What what are, what what am I what am I doing here yeah, you know yeah. and uh, and I didn't win that I think the Jerdies won that year so they they beat they beat me that year and, and we got done and Whitney and I went went camping mm-hmm. and it was a great weekend but I was mm-hmm. I just remember like I don't didn't fully realize what that contest was mm-hmm. uh, until after the fact it was all done because then you know I found out yeah. about it. I'm like man if you if you keep going, you yeah. can end up in Nashville yeah. with they a win, record. I, be, you know, I think it's like album yeah, the 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 grand prize. I mean, you go from like you know a prelim to the the little regional fi- or yeah regional finals or something here in Belfouche, which is or, you know a very local local finals or whatever. And then you go to regionals, mm-hmm. which is like statewide. You know, like it's North Dakota, Wyoming, and South Dakota. Yeah, in <clears throat> Montana. And they, they used to meet in, like, Beach, North Dakota, and have that. And then if you win that one, then you go to, like, somewhere in Wisconsin. 
And then you go from there to Nashville, and you could win a hundred thousand dollars in a recording contract, right? That's why. See, it almost makes me wish I had cared a little bit more. Look into it. So I looked because, mind you, I did it for three years. So I started looking into it because I the same way you were the first year. I was like, "What is what is this? And what am I doing? And why? And where do I got to be? And what?" And I started looking at people like Willie Nelson was in it at one time. Wait, it's it's the longest running singing competition if you look it up. And I think around here it used to be called the Colgate Country Showdown. Yeah, that's and right. And then, then it went to the Texaco Country Showdown. And I'm not, I think they do it different now. You know, they used to do prelims and stuff like that. Now I think you submit a, a video if they even still do it. I, I haven't really okay. paid attention to it. I haven't heard anything about it in the last few years. I think that was the last year I actually heard about it, was the yeah. year I did it. Um, well, so yeah. I don't know if. I mean, after Zona Road comes in and just kills everybody you know the duties it's like we can't compete with those guys they show up well that was the thing i was wondering i was like they almost need like a solo and duo split sections because the the people that won and when i was in belfouche first place was the journey second place was another duo Mm -hmm. you know and i think third place might have been also it was just Mm kind of like if you well, like in, if I'd have known I could have brought someone else, I'd have brought Guff because he yeah. just started shredding, shredding like, yeah. you know, yes. well, we win now, uh-huh. right? Look at that. <laughs> That's uh-huh. how it works. Well, and, and it was like the few years I did it, the, um, there was, it seemed like whoever won it covered Folsom Prison. And I'm like, really? I mean, we could do that, I guess. Right. I'm like, you know, and I think the third year I did it was when I, I had finally started my band and, uh, the, it was, just, we were just a four piece. And so that's how we did the the competition we ended up getting second and uh we even played an original and i can't remember what else we played i I don't remember Mm -hmm. but i mean anyway the competition did me well because it it let me cut my teeth a little bit and and get out of my comfort zone to where i could go sing in front of people and and be myself and you know that and it made me realize myself like who i who i was like oh I can actually do this, and I actually really enjoy this, you know, instead of mm-hmm. being, like, so shy and, oh, man, I can't do this. Yeah. And, you know, now I can actually go out and, and belt out a song in front of somebody and, and, like, really sing and give it my all, where before I, I just couldn't. I'd be too hesitant to really, yeah. like, you know, if it wasn't a low, you know, I hear the train coming. If it wasn't <laughs> low, then I, if I have to really belt this out, I'm going to clam up, you yeah. know, like, I can't do it. Yeah, you said... Uh, <clears throat> The third, you did it three years, and the third year you did it with your band. Yeah. So yeah. when you kind of got your got your teeth cut a bit, and you were realizing this is what I wanted to do, did you know people that played music, music, or did you have to go hunt uh, down people? This is where I've gotten myself. I've been so stinking lucky, and I don't know how. But I, I mean, what I did, my I've got a cousin named Tate, and he went to the Fountain Springs Church in Rapid City. Mm-hmm. And we're Christmas. Um, I'm doing the scene competition thing, which is, you know, my family's like, whoa, Brandon sings. Oh, gosh, bring your guitar and play all night. You know, and it's like, no, and I'm not like that. I don't know. I'm not, you know, I'm not that good. So, but, um, so, but I brought my guitar and I sang like the, the I don't know, four or five songs I knew. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then my, I knew my cousin Tate played in the band at Fountain Springs. Um, he started playing along with me. And he's like, oh, man, I didn't know you like to play so much. I'm like, man, I'd like to start a band, but I just don't know how. I don't yeah. know anybody. Right. And he goes, I know a guy. And so he, everybody knows a guy. And so, yeah. So all of a sudden, like that night or the next day, I got a call from this Justin guy, um, younger fella. I mean, he's, you know, a little younger than me. And he's, he calls and he was, he was real kind of, kind of pushy, but not in a, not in a rude way. I mean, he was like, 
hey, I, I watched your YouTube video. You singing Old Red at the Loud, and, and Tate said you really want to start a band or something. Let's get together and see. And so, like, that night or the next night, I mean, it was, like, within a day or two of Christmas, he was over at my house, and we were, he started, I mean, he could play anything on the guitar. Jeez. So he brought over, he had, like, a little Taylor Mini, and, and he starts playing it, and, and anything. Hey, do you know this song? And so he's in. There might be little dust on the bottom. I mean, yeah. we're, we're doing everything. He's like, well, do you know this one? And then he's like, do you know this one? And it's like, and I, I, that used to be one of my things. <laughs> Before I would sing in front of anybody is when I was a kid, I would lock myself in my bedroom and just sing for hours and hours. Mm-hmm. And my parents would think I was in bed and I'd be singing. And I thought I was doing it secretly until one night when I was, I was like, I was probably like 15 or 16. And my dad busted in my door and said, hey, knock it off. Go to bed, and I'm like, uh. and we lived in like a little teeny trailer out in Box Elder. So they the can hear you the whole time. I was like, I thought I was good because their bedroom was on one end and mine was on the other, and I'm like, I'm golden here, but no, apparently they heard me all the time. Oh, I'm like, man. oh man. But anyways, so I mean, he comes over. I mean, that's so. I mean, yeah, I know all these songs. You know, Justin's jamming on a guitar, and it's we're doing good. All of a sudden, he's like, Why well, know a bunch of guys? We can make a band. Let's let's start practicing and see what we got. Within like a week or two, we were practicing and like, you know, we had, I had this gentleman named Willie on the drums, uh, this other Brandon was on acoustic guitar and he was actually a drummer. Um, <clears throat> uh, Stefan was on keys and, uh, and he brought his girlfriend at the time, Natalie on and, uh, then my cousin Tate played bass and we started playing, but we were, we didn't have anything, mm-hmm. we didn't have any mics, no cores or nothing. So we borrowed it from everybody and and it was like uh, everything we used was it dependent on if the other band was playing or not, you know. So if we booked a gig, it was like fingers crossed they don't book one also. Yeah. And like we were using Stefan's dad was in a, a bluegrass band, so we would just pull their trailer and their stuff and use it. Sure. And unless they had a gig, <laughs> you know, and then it was like, oh shoot, Oops. you know. And so you know, we did that for a while till we finally, uh, I think I went out and bought a a PA. It was like. Just went down to Haggerty's and spent thirty five hundred bucks and like you do, yeah. Financed yeah. it through Haggerty's, yeah. Seventy seven percent financing or whatever in the heck it was. No, it wasn't that bad, but <laughs> no, but you're still paying on it. Yeah, we're still paying. That's on why it. you're growing your beard out. Lots of love, you know. Yeah, so you can make some trying to donate, <laughs> but, but yeah, you know. So we did that, and uh, that first year we played as like a seven piece band, and and also we were. Now looking back, yeah, I had a blast, uh, but we sucked. I mean, we sucked. He was like, you know, the sound quality was bad, everything. Yeah. We just, we, I mean, we were doing good. Like, I had really good, they were really good musicians. It's just, none of them really listened to country. It was only like me and Justin that played country music, and that's what we were singing and doing, and, and everybody else was more into, like, you know, other other stuff. I don't know. Was and, there a name? Yeah. That's when that's when I came up with the name Thirsty Fish. That was, so that was the origin so that was of Thirsty the Fish. the origin of Thirsty okay. Fish, and... When I was driving one day, I looked at my ex-wife and I said, you know, Thirsty Fish, that'd be a good band name. She's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so it is a good band name. No, but it, uh, I mean, my thought on Thirsty Fish was more of a, everybody related it to drinking, but I, I related it to like, uh, to myself really. And, and a fish, so like a, a Thirsty Fish doesn't make sense because it's sitting in water. Right. It's surrounded by everything it needs as far as thirst goes, but yet it still wants more. Yeah. And so it was just like me in life. I was completely satisfied. I had everything I needed. I had a good job and mm-hmm. wife, kids. I was dumb, doing great. And I don't, but for some reason, I just wasn't satisfied. And you, you just, have to go for more. And yeah. So it was just like a thirsty fish, you know. So I mean, you you 
you just kind of felt like you were still missing something, or you mm-hmm. just whatever you had wasn't it wasn't I mean, satisfying you. I I loved my job at the time, and I mm-hmm. loved uh, everything I did. I I was fine. I'm a, usually a pretty go with the flow kind of guy, but mm-hmm. but I did feel like something was missing, and especially once I started singing, I realized the void that I had, and the and and it was like whoa, like this is this is a a bigger part of me. It was almost like I didn't even know I had, hmm. and and so yeah. Yeah, it was, it was good, you know, I, I enjoy it. Thus yeah. there is Thirsty Fish. Thus the Thirsty Fish started, you know. <laughs> That's, um, so I, I went to this, I don't know if you know this about me, but I went to school to be a pastor. Oh. I was a pastor for a really long time. Mm-hmm. By a long time, I mean three years. No, oh, yeah. But, uh, it and, probably drags on. You know, it, it <laughs> week after week, man, you know. <laughs> um, but when that all ended, like that, there was a long period of my life where I just kind of felt that. I'm just an emptiness, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's not not that I was like bitter or upset or angry or anything like that. It's just I there's just something that I am not doing that I should be yep. doing, you know. Yep. And uh, you know, there was a lot of opportunities to do other stuff, uh, and I landed on music. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but my my parents bought me my guitar when I was 16, and it kind of sat around mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah, and then. Um, so I went through a divorce and um, was sitting around. I wasn't I wasn't doing what I what I went to school for and what I wanted to do. And I was you know recently single, you know struggling with the whole how do we do this with two kids? You know mm-hmm. now that we're not together thing. And there's I was just a mess. And I, I one night I just I picked up my guitar and I kind of I said out loud. I remember it was so funny. I'm sitting by myself in my bedroom. And I said out loud, and I said, "Well, this is, this is a better hobby than drinking myself to death." So I just started yeah. getting as good as I could, yeah. and I'm still working on getting better. But, yeah. but yeah, easy. it was that level of there's something missing. Yep. I was def- I had a great job, you know. My, mm-hmm. I had had a great support system. I had everything mm-hmm. kind of going, but I just, uh, yeah, I was like, I can't stay this way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. So I definitely get that metaphor. That's. So that yeah, I was always wondering where, where that came from, or if it was one of those. Like last night, I was talking with my buddy Scott, and he mentioned something about progressive Mennonites. I was like, I want to start a band called Progressive Mennonites, man. You know, I wonder if it was like just a joke <laughs> yeah. that happens yeah. in a bar, you know? But no. that's yeah. cool. That's really cool. It, yeah, that's how it started, and and then it was like uh, when uh, at the end of our first year as a Thirsty Fish, as that group of seven kind of kind of died down, we. Uh, I actually kind of thought it was over. I'm like, well, we had a good run. You know, we tried. And mm-hmm. I definitely didn't have enough music of my own to like go out by myself and and play. And and I had, but I had one more show to to play, and it was like a a work Christmas party for um, a job that I used to work at Detox and Rapid, mm-hmm. and I had just quit there, um, trying to save our marriage. I, I guess not. It wasn't a try. It was like it was an effort we both did. We. We both, my ex-wife and I, had work shift work, and so a lot of times we would just be high fiving each other at the door. Oh, yeah, at the door, and yeah. she'd be going to work, and I'd be coming home and mm-hmm. and watching kids, and I mean, it was it was it was horrible, you know. So we both made a decision to to find day jobs and and just try to work on each other and the family and yeah. stuff. And so so I had quit detox and went to work where I work now, and uh, at a block manufacturing plant, and uh, and so I mean I had a Christmas party to play for this detox and. They were friends. I'm like, they're not expecting much, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I think they were going to pay us, but it wasn't much, you know, and I, 
that we just got to go play some music for a while. And so I, um, a good friend of mine that was in the, in the band and, uh, he ended up being probably one of my biggest, uh, my biggest fans. I'm a biggest fan of his and he helped me and pushed me in this music thing more than anybody ever has. Mm -hmm. And his name is Andy and Andy would fill in. He was one of those guys, you know, that knows how to play everything. And so I hate and love those guys at the same time. I'm so glad I ran across so many of them and they just irritate you because, you know, they just sit down at the drums and start drumming and they'll grab the bass and start basing and they'll grab the lead guitar and start lead guitar. I'm lucky to do guitar and harmonica at the same time. You know, like if I, if I, there's about six songs I can do that I can do that with. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's what you, like I learned that early on when learning the harmonica was, Pick three songs and only bring it out for those three songs, and everybody thinks you can play the harmonica. Yeah, yeah. And you just leave, you yeah. let them think it. Yeah, you let them think that. Those happen to show. I happen to share with you everything I know. Yep. And there you go. But so I called my friend Andy, and I'm like, man, I got this Christmas party we got to play, and I just, gosh, I need you, and I need, I, I don't know what we could do. What do you think? And he's mm-hmm. like, well, give Stefan a call. Give Stefan and Natalie a call. Let's see what we could do, you know. And called Stefan, said did the same thing, and. And those three, Stefan, Natalie, and Andy, made me who I am today. I mean, they, hmm. uh, as far as music goes, uh, they're, Andy and Stefan are so just, they were so talented at music and, and harmonies and singing and, and just, and I've had no lessons whatsoever when it comes to singing or mm-hmm. stage presence or anything. I have nothing. That's all stuff that was natural to me and, and I just go out and do and be myself. And, and so they just let me go out and be me. And, mm-hmm. and then just said, okay, don't, you know how you did this at that show? Don't do that. And then do this though. It's like, oh, okay. You know? And so they, they formed me into who I am. And, and, uh, so thus the, the thirsty fish really started to grow as just us four piece. And we would be able to do harmonies like, mm-hmm. like we could do Eagles in Alabama and like no other band could, because, you know, we had a good girl singer and we had these guys that could both Andy and Stefan that could mix harmonies so well. And, mm-hmm. and then me who didn't know what they were doing and I just had to sing the lead part <laughs> and that's it. And that's the only thing I knew how to do anyway. So it was like, I got this. Hey, if you do <laughs> one thing and do it well, that's it, all that needs know? to and, happen, man. And so I just did that and we went to this Christmas party and I think we maybe kind of practiced once more so of uh to get together and kind of see what songs we could play mm-hmm. as this four piece and made a set list real quick and then, <clears throat> went and played this Christmas party and I mean I, it was the first time I'd ever had like free reign on the stage and just being able to just go do whatever I wanted to do and yeah. I think I, I think I went over to the biggest guy in the bar what they had ended up doing was so we were playing this Christmas party and there was a divider we are at the rocker at Rockerville at the um, Gaslight oh yeah, yeah they had a divider down the middle of the, the little area there and we're on one side well the bar owner come over and she goes I'm sorry to interrupt but is there any way we could just pull this divider back everybody wants to here you guys and we were like um it's gonna cost them some money no we didn't <laughs> we didn't say that but we were like sure no you can't do and that so, we don't want a bigger crowd this is a all. private this is a private showing <laughs> but so they uh so they pulled the thing back and there was this table and these people were just awesome i i don't i have no clue who they were and mm-hmm. and so we're sitting there having fun and the christmas party's over and people are leaving and so they were like, "Here's, a, you know, can you play a little longer? Here's like a hundred bucks, play a little longer." And so we played a little longer, and I went up to a guy and started singing, "You've lost that love." And he was like the biggest guy in the bar. I don't know what the heck I was thinking, but I mean, it, it was so much fun, and we, we still do stuff like that today, 
you know and mm-hmm. i don't know we played for a good couple of years like that and then we started getting asked to play bigger shows and we're like we really need to get some drums and we really need to get you know a lead guitar somebody who can play solos and yeah and that's what kind of led me into you know asking jake to play drums with us was a good friend of ours and he played drums with us and asking my friend mike hernandez who played with cody and the beer slingers and stuff like that Mm -hmm. to come join in he's like can you pick some solos and he's like yeah yeah sure i saw him i mean i'll try you know and (laughs) i was like well some is a lot better than what we've got and so you know and so do what you do so he came in and, and started playing and andy ended up moving back to michigan and jake was a wildland firefighter so he did that so he just started this revolving door of musicians and and finally found finally found a group of musicians that could stay together you know longer than six or eight months and, yeah and grow and then i think eagle country advertised us for a show one time and instead of saying the thirsty fish they said brandon jones and the thirsty fish and the band was like yeah let's stick with that brandon jones and the thirsty fish they were excited about that and i was like that's stupid i'm like what no we're just thirsty fish that's dumb well then it, it just they just did it it just changed and so it was brandon jones and the thirsty fish and and uh you know we had like uh, Janae Sunby playing bass for us one time, and Mike Hermanson playing drums for us one time, and and I for like I think they stuck with us for about a year and a half, and things really started getting busy and busier and busier mm-hmm. and busier, and we're traveling more and we're playing, you know, out of town, like we're playing places like Sturgis. No, I'm just kidding. We're playing places like you know big, we're going up big time, like man. Buffalo and Bison, and, and yeah. you know we're going to pier and we're going to, you know, places where it's like, you, know, you got to stay overnight. And, and, uh, they didn't necessarily like that. You know, they had kids that they wanted to be home for and stuff. And, and, uh, that what led me into who was our, our, uh, bass player and drummer for a, a couple of years ago. And that was like Seth and Josh. And th- those guys were amazing. I mean, uh, they, was, and this is where I got so lucky is every person that has joined the band when the, when they left, I was like, there's no way, we're going to find a guy that can drum yeah. like that guy. Yeah. And then the next guy comes and drums, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Wow. See, it's funny that you mentioned drums because that's probably been the most difficult position for me to find and fill. Because, mm-hmm. like, with the Ruthless West, we have our buddy Andrew mm-hmm. Jant with, mm-hmm. come in and play drums for us. He's phenomenal. He's a great drummer, but yep. that's not what he wants to do. Yeah. So he just he's just kind of he's agreed to do you know when we need him and we've had we've had a you know some other people try out and, and drum for us and that but but they're not they weren't a country drummer mm-hmm. so if you get like a punk rock drummer and you're mm-hmm. trying to play you know Jason Eady yeah. up on stage like it's, <laughs> they it's, get bored it does yeah. not sound good you well, know because they're just sh- slamming on it and we're yeah. like whoa whoa Settle give me a train down. beat yeah. And just do that for the whole night, man. Do the train. That's boring. I'm like, we need we need a boring drummer. That's what we want. Just keep a steady tone. I was the opposite when we first started. When we really started growing as a full full band again and getting four, five, six piece band, it's like, man, I I I preferred the drummer that wasn't a country drummer. Yeah, I preferred the one that could do country stuff, but was actually a rock or or something, you know, and. Uh Um, just cause I liked the way they jazz up those tunes and ended up being something we enjoyed as a group is like taking a, you know, taking Folsom prison and instead of it being boom, 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 yeah. you know, being boom, 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 yeah. doing that thing and just jazzing it up and, and maybe instead of the, the train beat doing something different 
that fit, but it just gave it a different feel and, and it worked good live. Yeah. And so I couldn't imagine like actually recording it like that, but I mean, but it was a good live. It added mm-hmm. the energy and the fun to it. And so I actually, I actually enjoyed it. We tried out, we did drummer, we did try to do some tryouts for a drummer and bass player. You tried tryouts? We like tried actual tryouts. tryouts, huh? Yeah, we tried it. What's that like, man? <laughs> no. We, so we had we had some drummers we had some drummers come in and this there was there was some difference you know it was just funny it, the one guy was like a human you know pendulum or whatever where I mean his timing was ridiculous but it was just do 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 I mean and it was like okay so you have all those other things on your drum kit are you gonna use them yeah, this, you know and, this giant and, set this huge set you know like from the 80s and he uses three of them yeah it's like man <laughs> we could really bring your drums down a little bit couldn't we but they you know two two like guys that were like double kick you know yeah. and you're like whoa 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 that's a little too much you know there's a metal band around the corner yeah. go talk with them we had this uh we had this gentleman i don't remember his name and I feel bad if he ever hears this podcast, but they, uh, he was, <laughs> he was, he was an older gentleman. Didn't matter. You mm-hmm. know, I don't care. And he shows up and he was really, really, really kind of happy with himself or cocky. You know, he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you guys are going to hire me, but it's fine if you guys want to hear me play bass. You know, I've played with a lot of like touring acts and you guys probably don't even know their names, but I've played a lot when I've, it's all I've ever done is play bass and you know, blah, blah. So he starts playing, and you know he's he's decent at the bass, but he's always just a little bit behind the beat. You know, he's just a little mm-hmm. little behind, and and so the <laughs> couple of the guys in the group start calling him Father Time. And oh so my gosh! He was like, you know, and, and he he gets done with his you know with his little trap thing, and he's like, uh, he goes, uh, uh, pretty sure you guys will take me. My only problem is is I can't drive, so you guys will have to pick me up and take me everywhere. And I live downtown. Is there any way anybody could give me a ride home? Oh, my God. <laughs> and we were just like, man, I mean, I guess, you know, it's kind of like when you're at a job and, you know, you're interviewing for a job and I'm pretty sure you guys are going to hire me, but I can't drive to work. You're going to have to pick me up and take me. I know you'll hire me, though. Yeah, I mean, confidence is a good thing, but, yeah, man, dude. <laughs> we, were like, we were like, he left, and I'm like, I, I was like, was I missing something? Because I didn't like it. But I looked at the group like, what? He sure was confident. Am I missing something? Was he that good? Oh, and they were like, "No, no, 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 we're not, no." And so, so were you guys like all sitting, sitting down while they go up there playing, or were you we're playing just jamming, with them, just, just like jamming, jamming with like, them and seeing how it goes? What do you yeah. think about these songs? You know, we we sent them a list of songs. Yeah. You know, like you know, most of it, it was all the same, like the same old, same old. Hey, mm-hmm. Sweet Home Alabama's and Wagon Wheels and the Johnny Cash tunes and yeah, you know some things simple, that, most something simple, know. so we could just hear you and then. You know, we'd throw in some. We we'd always throw random stuff in there, like big butts or or like a, you know, go off on some other you know rap tune or something like that. that Tell me, like, Father Time played big butts for you? He did not. He tried. He sat there and was like looking at us because at that point, you know, it's like, hey, it's kind of like a blues guy saying, hey, it's in the key of A, you know? Yeah. Play with it. You yeah. know, it's kind of like that, but oh. it's like. Just go, dude. And and he's over there like hitting his bass and it's like do 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 do. He didn't know what to do and it was like it was just kind of funny, but huh? Oh but, man, yeah. So it led me to where I am today. And yeah, so that all. So the Thirsty Fish, like the name or the title Thirsty mm-hmm. Fish, changed a couple years ago, right? Uh, yeah, it would have been. It would have been last year. Um, it would have been the end of 2016. 
right? Because it's okay. 2018 now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. Because I, I remember, I remember when all uh-huh. that happened. And that was when... Um, so you got on with... Um, uh, home Slice. With Home Slice, yeah. yeah. And so was that when that happened? And was yeah. it like... Did yeah. they decide to, hey, let's just go with Brandon Jones? Or was that well, kind of it was, a... He was kind of like a, a turning point. The, the drummer, Seth, was leaving. So we had to get a new drummer. Um, Natalie and Stefan were... Bless Stefan's heart. He would he was working up in North Dakota, mm-hmm. making good money and working on oil rigs up there. And and he would work from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, barely make a show Friday. You know, play Friday and Saturday night, Ugh. and then drive back Sunday to work. And, and luckily, the two of them were in the group. I mean, as far as husband and wife goes, because she's a teacher. She was a teacher in Rapid. And he was working, so they were gone all week. And so, they, luckily, they were in a band together. Yeah. So, I'm like, how would, how would this even work? And, I mean, it was just taking up so much of their time. It was killing them. And we were wanting to get busier and travel more and make it a full-time job where, you know, for them, they're like, we're, we, we're good. Like, we don't want to travel more. We don't want to play more. And so, I had to get a new drummer. And I'm like, you know, if we're going to change this thing, we got to change it. And so, uh, we moved on without Stefan and Natalie. And found a new drummer his name's Jason and and broke it down to just a four piece kept our bass player Josh and and Jason on drums and me and Mike and and uh Home Slice brought us onto their team and that's and it was actually kind of Mike who who pitched the idea and said that uh you know hey we should just drop the thirsty fish you know we need to get away from being just a a plain old bar band or just that band you're going to see sure. downtown every weekend you know we we need to grow and and be more and, and so let's just be Brandon Jones and I was like that's sucky band name come on man you that's think my name different. I don't want to hear that let's be let's be like let's make it like Brandon and Mike let's be B&M you know let's be BM and the smooth shifters or something <laughs> no <laughs> no but no but so we went with Brandon Jones and BM and, and the Charmin Ultras. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. BM and the Shats, and so it was like. <laughs> but we, <laughs> See now we're coming up with great names yeah, and all these names, names like, that people aren't if, using. Come if, on, if there's a band name out there called BM and the Shats and they start making it big, I'm gonna be like, hey, I've got proof. Dude, no. I will buy shirts and I will wear it proudly. Like, hey. I mean, their key thing is that their music will probably be pretty crappy. You know, that's okay. <laughs> you know, that's okay. That's their thing. You know? that's, that's just what we but do, man. If you don't like it, you don't like it. That's how we do it. Hello. Uh, so, you, so that was the thing. It was Drop the Thirsty Fish, kind of get mm-hmm. out of the bar scene. Yeah. So did you approach Home Slice and say, hey. It was it was something that had been, we had been kind of playing with them for quite a while. Um you know, they weren't like booking us or nothing like that. And they called us and said, Hey, can you play this date or play that date? And we'd been working with them. And we had, we, I had expressed, we as a group had expressed to them that, Hey, we, we would really like to be part of your team, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that takes. They're like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Crickets. So then, uh, anyways, okay. So, okay. Goodbye. Have a, have a good day. You too. You know, and it was like, like that. And then, you know, and then finally, I, I think, you know, one day I said, what's it going to take for us to be a part of Home Slice? So what's it going to take? And they're like, oh, well, I don't know. Let's talk. We'll meet about it and we'll talk to you. And then boom, you know, it happened. Huh. So it, and it's been, it's been, uh, it's been fun. I mean, it, it, this last, so it had been last year was, was a hard year. Cause it was like, we still had almost the whole year booked up for our, ourselves of Brandon Jones and the Thirsty Fish. Right. And, 
and so you know taking on their bookings and our bookings and and trading it back and forth and you know what do you get paid per show and what is this what's that you know and yeah. all this and and taking that through the year to you know this year where it's you know it's all home slice and we've been trying to work in a studio and record and and get like some sort of an ep or an album out there because that's like the one thing we lack is we don't have anything recorded you know mm-hmm. and so you know just kind of grow and make it look more professional you know yeah stuff like that but now is that uh so do they hand they handle all your bookings now and they just mm-hmm. kind of you know, do they have like a set radius so they kind of places like events and like the uh, um, the downtown friday night stuff or thursday they, they have a lot of stuff that they are in charge of that they that they book for whether it be you know us or the list of bands that they book yeah. with you know not just home slice artists but they they take over an event and, and we'll book for that um where they're i don't know where their options run out i mean i think they i mean you've got chancy chancy williams and the mm-hmm. younger brothers those guys i mean those guys are just plowing the way. I mean, they are so. Yeah, they're all over. I mean, they are all over. They will be. They'll be in Arizona to California to mm-hmm. you know Las Vegas to you know Chicago and I mean they're right. everywhere you know yeah. and, and it, those guys are just amazing and so you've got that band who's you know kind of the top of the food chain type of thing and. To, to you know us <laughs> you know on yeah the, on the yeah. bottom of the home slice food chain you know and we're just trying to you know do that same thing get into that bigger circle and play out of state and go play farther and farther away and you know montana to wyoming to nebraska to minnesota north dakota mm-hmm. and idaho hopefully this year sometime and yeah stuff like that so i mean just getting jeez spreading it out i i the most furthest i ever get is rapid city yeah. but i'm you know doing it around myself it's out and, there and then uh, you know I have a day job. Do you 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 did I hear you say you have do, a day job I too? I still have a day job. So it's 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 tough cuz I mean, you know, you've got kids, I got kids, you know. Yeah. They're they're definitely a huge importance of your life, you know, and and especially co-parenting cuz obviously I kept saying ex-wife and you know yeah. when me and my wife got divorced it it just worked out I think better for the both of us and being able to, you know, co-parent as good as we do separately it helps out being able to communicate and then i met my fiance megan and because i mean you know marriage was fun once why not do it again you know and <laughs> don't have to tell me man <laughs> no. but uh but no i mean well if my if my fiance megan wasn't so awesome i yeah. probably would never get married again but um but so being able and the fact that my fiance and max wife communicate and you know, it makes my life a lot easier. But it's forty hours a week work, yeah. forty plus hours a week, forty plus hours a week band, and forty plus hours a week kids and woman. Mm-hmm. And it's like I don't know how many hours there are in a week, but I use them all. You're a busy guy, man. <laughs> I use them Jeez. All. Well, yeah, that was that's been the that was one of the things I wanted to ask you was um, what's it like being a musician with kids? Uh, because I mean, for me, it's 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 a struggle sometimes like it's especially when things have to get switched around a bit yeah. and it's like oh man well that's that's another fortunate thing for me is i mean i know the kids they get so upset you know i don't make it to every softball game or every you know basketball game or every sporting event or mm-hmm. play or whatever and um i know that that gets kind of hard on them but you know it's something i was up front with them about when i said 
you know, especially when we started working with home slices, I'm like, look, I don't know what's about to happen. It might be a good thing and nothing else, nothing might change at all. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, yeah. but, uh, but just buckle up and, uh, I got to give this a try, you know, and I, I always figured, and you know, Mike, Mike is actually, you know, he's like my best friend and, and he, he says it best as he'll say, you know, Hey, let's just ride, ride this thing till the wheels fall off and then see where it leaves us. You know, it's like, yeah, all we right, look around. You know, okay, where are it's we? Good enough. It's a good stop. It's a good stop right here. You know, but he's but a I mean, cool dude, man. Yeah, he's I like him cool. a lot. And that's I mean, how lucky I've been at finding such amazing musicians that are cool dudes and and we're willing to work together as a group. You mm-hmm. know, and my motto is like up on stage. Hey, there's no egos on stage. Nobody's better than the other. It's, mm-hmm. We're here to make the best group we can make and, yeah. and be the best we can do. And 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 so far, I've been pretty fortunate with that. But you know, that's, I, I guess getting back to like the kids thing and the, and working it with everything is it's just something where I was just honest with them. Look, I'll do the yeah. best I can and I'm not going to make everything and uh, we got to try this. Hopefully someday it pays off. Mm-hmm. How old are they? Uh, my kids are old. They are, um, 10 and 12. I'm going to tell them you said that. <laughs> so my, my youngest is 10 and my oldest will be, will be 12 in September. Yeah. So same age. And, yep. uh, um, that's been like I've been lucky enough to make pretty much everything other than like they have a at their at their mom's church they have some you know church plays that they do mm-hmm. and I, I don't necessarily always go to those you mm-hmm. know it's like ah eh. because um, they're they're kind of usually in the back part of the choir and so like yeah. I can't even hear you or see you can't you know and, you. Yep, but yep. like the school stuff I've so far it's it's been okay but a lot of that is I'm not doing any traveling. Most yep. of my, all of my gigs, I'm home at the same night. Yep. You know, that's so. one thing that's gotten some, that's gotten, or that's taken some getting used to is, is the being gone, leaving on a Thursday and coming home on a Sunday. And, yeah. And, you know, I, it's the first couple of times were kind of tough, but, you know, I, for instance, the last time we went to Cappy's in Lincoln, Nebraska, and then came up to Humboldt, South Dakota Cappies. and played and. I'm yeah. from Omaha, so oh, are you? familiar oh, yeah. with that whole area. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. That was the first yeah. time I've ever been there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had a, a, it was just a band. There was no, no women around. It was just a total dude's trip. And uh, we had a blast, and I was almost kind of mad Sunday morning. We're loading up and a little hungover, and we're kind of, I'm mad. I'm like, <laughs> God, really? And I, I like, turned to, the, we're leaving. I'm like, I can't tell if I'm mad because I want to be home or if I'm mad because I have to go home. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I, and I think it's a little of both. I mean, it's, it's music and, and the band is such a huge part of my life and it's, it's everything. It means everything to me now. And I, six years ago, if you would have told me that I never, I would have never yeah. thought that I could, that one, it, I would even be this possible walking downtown and people be like oh my god it's brandon jones yeah saying hi to me i i never would have thought that never never in my wildest dream did i think oh yeah i'll be up on a stage or i'm gonna you know all these i'm gonna get to share the stage with blackhawk or aaron watson yeah all the people i've gotten to to meet and share the stage with and sawyer brown you know all those guys it's like Never in my life did I yeah. think something like that would happen. You know, I mean, because six years ago you decided to. I, I got a confirmation email. This. No, <laughs> you know, it's like that's crazy, man. It's just you know, it's been wild, and yeah, I well, thought let's play at a bar by my house six years ago. And there's got to be a there's got to be a high when you when you're playing that level of a show. Yeah, uh, and I've done it a few times. Um, 
where you play that level and then you get done and you're like, ugh, I gotta go yeah. back to real life. Yeah, for us, it's always like it seems like our summer is pretty awesome, amazing, all summer long, and then the last few years we've been able to play the last summer nights in Rapid, and so you play that last one and you get done and there's how many thousands of people down there mm-hmm. it's so awesome it's my hometown it's where i was born and raised and yeah. so it means a lot to me and then you get done and it's september now and you're like that's it huh here we it's go it's winter time yeah. now huh winters and, are so hard uh, man and yeah it's it's like in you know luckily for us we still get to go play but it's back into those those clubs and it's back into those bars yeah and, and it's traveling to cappies and it's playing yeah. you know the the little bars here and there in every other little town and and those are still fun those are a blast you know but you know it goes from 300 people to you know when you're playing a street dance or something and there's thousands of people three to five thousand people or mm-hmm. you know probably i think the biggest stage that we've or the biggest crowd is i don't know how many people there were but last year at wild bill days when we opened up for sawyer brown i mean we're up on the main stage and I mean, everybody's there for Sawyer Brown, but we soaked it in and, and you look out and all of Deadwood is full from building to building yeah, it's just and as far back as you could see just people. And mm-hmm. it's like, Whoa. and there's not an empty spot. I don't even, people are having troubles getting in and out of the, out of the, 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 it's just, it, Whoa. And you get yeah. done and you're just like, that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, how energy. do I show up at work on Monday after yeah, this? Yeah, you like, show up to work and they're like, Brian, can you take the trash out? And it's like, yes, uh, I can. You yeah. son of a... Oh, oh. man. Well, and I, I wear customer service, so I'll talk to people on the phones and every now and then they'll be super mad and yelling at me and everything like that. And it's just like, oh, okay. But I think, the, yeah. I think the trick is, like, it's for me anyway, the trick is to realize or to make my quote-unquote real life awesome you know Mm -hmm. like like i dive into being a dad and make sure that you know if i'm gonna be a dad i'm gonna make sure that that's awesome like Mm -hmm. i have great relationships with my kids you know like with whitney it's like i'm gonna make sure that's that's going well so when i come down from that high there's 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 a soft landing a little Mm -hmm. bit you know i have a great job you know which which helps too i have great people there's nothing better than those kids to ground you yeah. When you get done with the show and you feel like you're Garth Brooks and you, you walk over and you're like, hey, kids. And they're like, shut up, dad. <laughs> they're like, thank you. Hey, All right. They don't care. You know? I'm trying to, trying to say hi yet? to my this daughter. This is so and... boring. <laughs> She's sitting there on her Kindle reading a book. Oh, you're home. Okay. You know, how was last night? Was it good? And I'm like, yeah, it was awesome. Want to tell you about it? Yeah, tell me about it. And sure. she's like, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's neat. You know, I think the... Uh, so the um, the the biggest I've ever played solo. I did a hundred. I think it was one hundred and twenty. It was a ticketed show. I opened for John Craigie, and he's a kind of a folk singer. Mm. Tours around everything. Like that amazing guy, amazing music. But I opened for him in Rapid City at the Garage, mm. and uh, I remember getting up there and like there's one hundred and twenty people, which is a good bar night that mm-hmm. kind of rotates through. They're not all there at once, mm-hmm. but th- everyone was paying attention. Yeah. Like, this is new. Isn't that different? That's this different now. Sitting there, and they're just looking at you, yeah. and they're like, dance, chicken. And there was a... It, it, I got done, and I I was kind of... I don't know what happened. I mean, I had a few drinks before I started, so maybe I was just loose enough where I, I just nailed it. Like, I was mm-hmm. funny, they were laughing, or maybe it was pity. I don't know what it yeah. was, but I, I enjoyed it. 
But yep. then about a year, about a half a year later, we uh, we played with you and Chauncey at oh, the yeah. Boots and Beer, like, oh, yeah. you know, 2017s. Yep. And that they said there was like eleven or twelve hundred people in that crowd, uh-huh. which was the most I've ever played for in my life. And I was thankfully I was with Eric, so yeah. it wasn't just me. But right, I remember looking out at that, too. going, "Jeez, this is, nah. this is awesome." Yeah. And you, but you do, you get done with it, and you're like, "Okay." And that was where I first met Mike. I think mm-hmm. was after that we were all talking afterwards, and uh, after we got done, when you guys were going to set up and that, and it was just it's like, "This is." This is unreal, yeah. and I so I couldn't imagine what it would be like to, you know, quadruple that and be looking out at streets yeah. of Deadwood and just like Geez. it's just wild and and there's nothing like it, you know. I don't, and that's and that's my my daughter sing the national. My daughter loves to sing, and she's gonna be so much more musically talented by the time she's fifteen than I am than 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 I am now. And and she uh, <clears throat> sang the national anthem at the motocross. Um, at the fair this year mm-hmm. and looking out at the grandstands filled with people and you know all the motocross yeah. riders and I was so proud of her for doing it and she did it and then afterwards she's shaking yeah and I'm like huh isn't that cool <laughs> you got the itch isn't that cool <laughs> yeah I was like huh that was fun huh and she's like yeah you know I'm like yeah yeah it's you know it's addicting it's a it's almost like a drug you know I mean well there's something and there's something about like it being music that you're that they're there for and that yeah. you're there for. Like I think yep. if it was if it was anything else, I don't know if it would feel the same. And maybe mm-hmm. it would. I mean, I, you know, I've talked to, you know, in in my past life, you know, I've talked to preachers and pastors that have preached to you know twenty thousand people, you know, and mm-hmm. they they kind of give the same. It's a little bit surreal, you know, yeah. like. Well, what did I just do? You know, but yeah. there's something different when you're up there with a band, you're playing songs, and you look out, and the crowd's singing with you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's got to be, I don't know, it, yeah, th- something about music that just connects people and makes people realize you almost feel like there's something more going on, mm-hmm. like you're connecting to something bigger than yourself. What's well, you know, there's something to be said for it. I mean, being able to get in front of a crowd. And just grab their attention and deliver something as beautiful as music or, you know, in a preacher's case, you're, you're delivering something you believe in. You yeah. Know? Even, you know, even for us, I mean, we, you know, we're 90 some percent cover songs and with a few of our originals sprinkled in, hopefully they notice, but it doesn't deter them. And and, and it's like, but it's like, you know, you're, you, you're trying to grab them and entertain them and. You know, you're essentially an employee of the venue, of the bar, wherever. And yeah. you're, hey, you, we're holding these people hostage here with our talents, so that they spend money and, and have fun and yeah. want to come back again. And 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 but but something to be said to be able to just sit there and, and do that and deliver it. And and you know, I I, I went to Jamie Johnson at the at Deadwood Mountain Grand. It <sighs> was a great and, show. Oh yeah, wasn't gosh, it? Gosh, it was a great show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were right behind. Oh me. yeah, yeah. It was, oh gosh. yeah, man. God, oh my gosh! Awesome. It, that was the first time I've ever been to a show, and the first song, you know, you I, I got like emotional. I was like, Whoa. yeah, just the emotions he can put through, and he wasn't jumping around on stage. He wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, doing nothing fancy. It was just you believed every note and every word that came out of his mouth. I mean, he didn't he have any blow up dolls. Man. No, no I mean, blow up dolls. The, uh, which is so that happened, and I, I'm a, I'm a fan of both. Uh, Chris Stapleton and Eric Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but uh, I had some friends that went to them when they were in Rapid. Did, were you, did you go to that I at didn't, all? I didn't. So Chris Stapleton was opening at that time because mm-hmm. he still he wasn't he hadn't yeah. quite hit the. That was big, the first time he'd ever really like played this area. Yeah, and people and were like, "Who the?" He heck? played for like an hour. Um, they said, "I said," and it was just, it was unreal. They stood in they stood in a small circle, mm-hmm. and they just belted out their songs but when you have voices like chris and morgan like yeah. what you know you don't need yeah, you to don't dance need around much. and then they said no. as soon as eric church came on as great as he is like you could tell like there's a lot of just there's a lot of production with it they had a mm-hmm. blow-up devil doll that flew around the mm-hmm. venue and everything like that and and i've always been like just one of those people like with jamie when you see jamie johnson like if the song's good mm-hmm. like you just gotta sing it yeah you know just you just gotta go. like it uh-huh. you don't need to do anything else his album that lonesome sound or that mm-hmm. lonesome song mm-hmm. uh if you see you've been divorced i've been divorced like that's the reason i got emotional you listen concert. to that song album straight yeah. through and uh-huh. it's like every emotion you go through with the divorce uh-huh. is in that uh-huh. one album i'm mowing down the road <laughs> you're like missing her then you're just yeah. destroying everything oh, yeah. she left behind she you're, left and i'm gonna kill everything you're yeah. going through it and I, I told I told Whitney that I'm like that's one of the reasons I love that album so much like if mm-hmm. you ever want to know kind of what it was like for me mm-hmm. like and obviously I wasn't mowing down road like none of it's like it's all metaphorical yeah. yes. but <laughs> yep. but you get you said you go those are the emotions there's there's yep. times where you where you miss it there's times where you you miss certain things and then there's mm-hmm. times that you you, you know you're you're angry and mad, mm-hmm. and then there's times you're just you know happy that you guys still get along now, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just mm-hmm. it is what. It, but that yep. that album hooked me and Jamie Johnson. I've oh, yeah. never been able to let go. No, same. Never I been able same, to let go. I used to do the same thing <laughs> when my ex wife would start her griping. I'd be like, yeah, uh huh, uh huh, and I'd sit down and put earbuds in and start listening to Jamie Johnson. Oh man, and I'd yeah, uh-huh. you go th- you and I just, just lay do down it. and be like. Whatever, yeah. you know, and it's it's it, it's a well. And his his dad came down to yeah. the Lord. Well, you you were down there for a while too, yeah. and got up and jammed with us on yeah. stage with Dan McGinnis and yeah, that's cool. A few of us got up and played played also, but it, that was that was a fun night, man. Yeah, that's a that's a heck of a concert. I mean, so I mean, I guess you know, I'm pretty fortunate now. You know, in my group and and being able to to play with the the amazing musicians. I mean. You know, I've got Tom Freer playing guitar with me now, and and Mike and and Jason, and now we have a sound guy, Chaskay, who, you know, brought our show to a whole nother level as far as production and lights, and yeah, I mean, it just having that guy out front that you can trust, so you can walk up to the microphone and start plugging away on your guitar, and there isn't no, you're not looking at the bass player for running sound or somebody on stage like God, I hope it sounds good out front, right? You know, yeah, you, you don't. That you know it does. Yeah. You know, you just know it. And what if I accidentally eat the mic here? What if I accidentally pull too far away or my guitar, you know, shoot, I've yeah. had guitar, my batteries die. And, you know, he's right there with the 9 volt for my guitar. Jeez, you know, great. Th- it's having somebody there to do that, I mean, it, it, it blows my mind, you know, to go from that, from from a, a, a little trailer in Box Elder where I was singing and the music's going through the vents to, yeah. you know, yeah. being able to... to, to the, the things that I've been able, been able to purchase as our band that we've been able to buy and through, you know, the PA system and lights and just things, it's like, well, you know, I'm just, it's just crazy, you know, yeah. to, to grow and, and 
we still travel. We have a, a, I have my excursion. It's my everyday vehicle. It's the only thing we can afford, you know. So, but it fits all of us in there. Yeah. We bought an enclosed trailer and all of our stuff. I mean, so we're pretty, I mean, we don't have like a lot of things, but it's like amazing to me that it all started from borrowing Bobby Sunby's stuff and, and a bluegrass <laughs> band stuff and, yeah. you know, things like that and, and, Jeez. and just growing. And, and I, like I said, I never thought it would amount to much of anything. I just thought we'd be, you know, singing yeah. on the weekends and playing somebody showed up and. See, I, I, um, I change my batteries every time I change my strings because I know if I don't, I'll forget about it and I'll be mm-hmm. at a important gig and yeah. it, uh, which happened to me. <laughs> I did, uh, the Oktoberfest downtown Spearfish and I get up there and I, 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 I was fairly new and mm-hmm. I had this, I had a Taylor 214. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, it's a, they're lower end guitars, mm-hmm. but it, it's good enough. I've, I got you know. one of those. Yep. Yeah. And, uh. I get up there and I get halfway through the first song and it just starts and I'm like what first you start thinking bad chord you're like oh no this is like the largest stage I've ever been on at that point Mm -hmm. you know and just a bunch of people walking around venue shopping no one there wasn't a bunch of people listening at that point but like I was like oh crap and they had to come up and put a mic on the guitar and I'm like what was that and I I remember sitting there going oh my gosh it's the battery yeah, and I tell you what, you'll only do that once. Yeah, because yep. now every single yep. time before I before I did the uh, the Boots and Beer Festival, it's battery made sure the battery was changed. Yep. I did I played yep. the Black Hills Opry last year. Oh yeah, I made sure that That's battery cool. was brand new. Yeah, uh, that was that was a surreal moment. Yeah, you're looking out to you know six seven hundred people sitting down. They all paid you know twenty dollars for that fifteen twenty dollars cool. for a ticket, and you're like, yep. And it, it was the Opry feel, you know, it was kind of a variety show, which was mm-hmm. just a cool, neat, neat experience, yeah. you know. Um, but that was, that was something else, man. I, I will never, ever go through that again because yeah. I was just like, and I yeah. had, what's funny is at the time I had, I was up there, my ex-wife came because she was coming down and so she had my, she had the kids that day. Mm-hmm. So the kids wanted to see me and then my, um, so I don't know if you know this about me, but my my second ex wife's sister nice. was there too. So they were all in a group, just talking and hanging out. And I'm on stage going, "I hope they're not talking about me." <laughs> they are. They probably no. were. <laughs> you know. But I'm sitting there going, "Oh god!" And then on top of that, my guitar cuts out, and I'm like, "Oh crap!" Oh yeah, here we go. It was it yep. was not a bat in a thousand here. Not one of my top ten gigs by yep. any level, you know. But no, I no, I know exactly how you feel. I mean. We we have a lot of wireless stuff now, and so like wireless mics and wireless guitar packs and everything, and so it's like we go and buy Chris supply out of batteries every once in a while, and mm-hmm. and just and just it's endless, and we'd like to think we could do rechargeable batteries, but then somebody's got to be responsible enough to plug in the right. charger. <laughs> so, who's gonna do that? Who's gonna do that? We're a group of dudes, you know. So, but so you know it's. You know, just for myself, you know, it's four batteries and a nine volt. It's two nine volts and four double A's. Jeez. You know, and so, and yeah, you do that every every show. I mean, I guess I only replace one nine volt every show because one of them's in the guitar. And yeah. Just like you do. I, I try to replace it every string change or every every couple of weeks. Or if I, if I think I'm like, if I can't remember the last time I replaced the battery, yeah. 
I'm just gonna change do it, it up. now. Change it up. I'm right here by some batteries. Might as <laughs> so well do, just it. do it. Well, and the Gibson I play now, the the battery is inside the sound hole, like way oh, up so there, velcroed in. Pop it out. So mm. I, if I need to change it, I got to loosen all the strings, Ooh, reach, reach in, in there. Wow. So that's why I try to do it every time I change oh, strings. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. it just it's so much easier. Yep. Um, but uh, so do you guys have uh, like aspirations and stuff as of outside of South Dakota as far as or is this going to kind of be this is home base mm. and you know if it, we travel we travel in, or in a perfect world I, I would hope that home base is, is just South Dakota Rapid City yeah um, it, Rapid, South Dakota is big to me and Mike and, and most of the band I mean we are we're all from South Dakota except for Tom is from Nebraska but close enough and um I mean, that's why the wind blows here you know because nebraska sucks no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding. <laughs> the state i grew no. up in <laughs> i'm just kidding no i like nebraska. it's all right now, south dakota is better though it, south well, dakota is better there's parts but they yeah. yeah but anyways but it's big to us and so like even now as we're recording trying to record songs i mean it means more to me to have a song recorded from a studio in south dakota than say going to to Nashville, so I mean, in, in not saying that we won't go to Nashville to record or something, but it, or I'm just using Nashville as an right. example, yeah, yeah. But I mean, anywhere to record it, I mean, that might happen, you know, if if we have if we have to, but I would rather use local. I'd rather say, look, look what we can do here in South Dakota. Look mm-hmm. at what look what South Dakota can make. Yeah, you know, and when I it guess builds up a little bit, it builds up that music culture up here. Yeah, you know, when you, people yep. can hear an album. Where is that? Where was that cut at? Oh, that was cut in Rapid, yep. you know, or Deadwood, or wherever the case may be. You know, yep, like, exactly. Um, well, yeah, he recorded that at Blackbird Studios. You know, I mean, yeah. I've always so. wondered that. Like, what would it be like if there was a like a Deadwood studio? Mm-hmm. You know, just just to have that. Like, oh, man. I feel like Deadwood's just just on the. I mean, they're just <laughs> close to being able to be like a teeny miniature in Nashville. Yeah. I mean, because that songwriter showcase, I mean, you do a really good job That's of a great South Dakota weekend, stuff and, and all those songwriters that come to town. And yeah. I mean, if you're walking around Deadwood with, I was sitting there watching an acoustic group play. I don't remember who they were. And I'm sitting next to America, the, band, yeah. the two lead guys in America. Yeah. I'm like, hey, you guys are in America. They're like, yeah. I'm like, A Horse With No Name was the first song I learned on the guitar. You you probably get that a lot. <laughs> Because it's like two chords, you right. know, so it's like, yeah, you try to get that a lot. And they're like, it's a good song. And I'm like, it is a really good song. It's oh, timeless, man. you know. And That's it, funny. So there you are, shooting shooting it with those guys. Yeah. It's like, wow, what the heck? And you'd never <laughs> know it. I mean, yeah. it's just you're like, just standing next to these people who are millionaires, you know. And, well, and all the people in Deadwood <clears throat> that are there that don't realize what that event is, mm-hmm. they're like, we're not going to see anyone famous up here. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever the case may they're be. The so they don't the even scenes famous. They're they the, walk they're right the, by people and not even going to know it. It's the guy that writes songs for George Trade or right. for, you know, everybody from all the top 40 guys, you know, the pop country that everybody yeah. loves. And, uh, no. Easily. <laughs> no, but, but, well, you know. Yeah, but, but, I mean, they make a living <laughs> off of it. That's, that's their life, you know. And it's like, here's the guy that wrote, you know, uh, what that one guy last year, I can't think of his name, but. If I could have a beer with Jesus, that if I can have a beer with Jesus, I think and, I might have heard that song once. <clears throat> but um, he 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 was the guy that wrote that song. And what's crazy is when he performed it acoustically on his guitar, it was like you're thinking in your mind, and this guy just writes. 
You yeah. know, like he's so good. This is like songs. man alive. This guy could blow a lot of people away. You know, like that event is kind of is is really the the thing that kind of sparked what what I do. I looked at that mm-hmm. and I and I I looked at this and I said, there is nothing like this up here. No, this is this event is so unique to this area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. The second year I went, you know, I started learning. I by that time I knew a bunch of other songwriters and people that performed mm-hmm. up here, and, and it was just kind of like, hey, this could this could be something. So we started mm-hmm. the rounds like they do yep. year year long. They've been great. And, yep. And last year was the first year, you know, that the the Deadwood Mountain Grand let me just run all the local stuff. Yeah. They said, hey, just just take it. And it was we had it was the first year they'd ever had standing room only in the local rounds as That's well cool. as the national rounds. Yeah, but it, it's like if you this just keeps getting yeah. bigger. You know, it's just, it's just the coolest idea it's ever. So too. Great. It's man, good job with it. It's it so really, great. I'm, it is. Uh, Danny Myrick was the one that <clears throat> the Nashville. He was one of the big ones from Nashville that got the idea. I think. I think mm-hmm. if I remember that correctly. Of course, he wrote International Harvester. And, oh wow! You know, so yeah. yeah. Um, and he, when he got up the first time he got up to play, he's like, it's like, I, we wrote this as a joke. Uh, and I know a lot of people, it's probably really annoying, but it's paying my kids through college. So I don't even care. And he just starts <laughs> playing it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Respect, man. Yep. <laughs> you know? What was that? Uh, what's the, oh, shucks. And now I can't remember his name. I, I met the guy that's in, um, they're coming to town, Sugarland. Oh, the, the the guy though. Um, crap, I can't. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I mean, he did one of those. He was he's obviously a songwriter. And, yeah, um, he's got my one of my favorite songs of all times is um, he he did a, a solo album by himself and and you, he's the song is you've never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch and and it's just it, it's it's kind of about yeah. you know giving and and like being. You know, you can't take it with you when you go. Right. So what's the point of saving and holding on to everything, you know? Yeah. The, you know, you're saving all of your valuables for nothing. And and uh, I've never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch is like the tagline. And and uh, so I went over there and we were just chatting it up with him. I'm like, who? how often in, in South Dakota and Deadwood and Black Hills yeah. area do you get to just walk up and talk to the guy that, you know, he, he he's, yeah. he's that guy. You it's know? And, cool, man. And they're, and they're super cool. I mean, you know, as long as you approach them in a normal manner. But it's like, you know, I mean. Walk up there. Hi. Oh, my God. No, Will you sign my shirt? Sign my booty. <laughs> You're a dude. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. But, I mean, he was totally cool. and Yeah. I just, you know, it, it, is, a good, it is a good deal. They're, yeah. They're great. Well, my daughter's got to meet Alyssa Bonagira. Who's one of their favorite singers? Oh, cool. And they got to meet her at that, and they got they got photos up in the room of her mm-hmm. them getting to wear her hat while she's smiling <laughs> with them, you know. And it's just oh, it's, it's, cool. it's an unreal unreal thing to bring to to South Dakota, mm-hmm. and it's just going to keep getting. But yeah. I know it's going to get to the point one day. It's going to be like, okay, we gotta. This is almost too big. There's what do we do? Tickets for Deadwood. What You're do we to do? Get into Deadwood. Yeah, <laughs> buy a ticket. Shut the whole town down, <laughs> yeah. man. Um, like the Steamboat Springs, that that's a huge event is in it, Colorado. I've never, I've never been, but um, the the amount of artists they bring up there for that week in January, it, it, they're all from Texas and everything mm-hmm. like that. But it's it's unreal. Yeah, it's just I've and, heard and about you're it. just hanging out in a bar and they're all hanging out. And you're like, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's William Clark Green and yeah. it's the Turnpike Troubadours. You yep. know, like, yeah, jeez, oh, that's yep. American Aquarium just all sitting by a table. Like, yeah, geez. look at them, they're eating dinner. They, they eat. They, they eat food. They eat food. 
It's, it's so, Black Weeze, dude. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, so, do you guys have? Um, you said you had plans. You want to get an EP or something recorded? Yeah. Are you looking at all original content? Or are you mm-hmm. guys thinking any covers? Yeah, or anything? It'll be it'll be all originals. Nice. Um, I mean, we we very consistently play two originals every night. Cool. Um, which is like Black Hills Back Road and and Kiss Me All Night, a song I wrote for the fiance and Black Hills Back Road. I wrote with my my friend Andy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and you know we're gonna go from there. Mike is a is a really good songwriter and and really good at um he actually Mike Hernandez worked in Nashville and worked in some studios and that's what he went to school for. And oh, cool. So, <laughs> Having him around is, you know, a, a blessing beyond because, you know, he just he just knows more about that stuff than you know, than rather than us going through it and going that failed, you know. Yeah. He's like, this is gonna suck. Don't do that. You yeah. Know? Like having that helps a lot, and so you know, and him his songwriting and just being able to to play and now having tom around and tom is about as ambitious as you can find and mm-hmm. so getting him to, to push us even faster and more and writing songs and we meet once a week and and started we just started that this year is meeting once a week and writing and so you know just and it's just get together and see what happens type of thing and doing stuff like that which is before i mean before this i mean we just never really spent a lot of time songwriting we've spent so much time on developing our own show and just playing yeah. and playing and playing and going out and playing and playing and and any time that you had that you weren't practicing or playing it's like you just let's just be we got to be home you know yeah. just do home things and be a you know be a dad and be a, a boyfriend or a fiance or a husband or whatever yeah. and and uh and so now it's like look you know we gotta we gotta push this a little harder and see how much farther we can go and see what see what yeah. happens you never know. You never know. I mean, it's... I, I'd rather have tried and failed than to have never tried. You know, it's kind of like that rather have loved and lost than <laughs> never loved at all. Tommy Lee Jones from Men in Black. Try yeah. it, man. It sucks. No, no, I get it. Like, it's... That, yeah. I mean... So, I never played out in public at all until a buddy of mine had a gig and couldn't make it and asked me if I'd fill in until he got <laughs> there. He's like, I'm gonna be late. Can you just play for like a half an hour? Play for a little bit. It's like, oh, okay. Well, he couldn't, he didn't make it all night. I played three hours. And the crowd kind of dug it. Yeah. And that kind of go, maybe, maybe we should just see where this goes, you yeah. know? And now it's like, I look, I look at now and I can't imagine music not being a part of what I do mm-hmm. in my, in my, in my life as part of, it's a, it's a part-time job for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, you know, it's, it's, is what it is. And it's just because of that. You're like. Yeah. Might as well see what happens, you know. Yep. Ride yep. the train until it. it stops, you yeah, know. Exactly. And see where I'm at. <laughs> see where you're at, and that's and you know that's what it is. And now it's you know turning it into a business of a yeah. You know, instead of a hobby, it's it's like you know looking at it more like a business. Okay, what's gonna what can we do to build build a platform that builds us a foundation to to build this business off of to 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 be able to carry itself. We mm-hmm. can all quit our jobs and right. and just do music and. You know, you, I guess, you know, traditionally a lot of guys will just say, you know what, I'm going to go do music and they just drop everything and go. And, you know, I, I can't do that. You know, I've got What's kids. What's easy and, to do when you're 19 and, and, yeah, and no I, responsibilities? I, I, I kind of came into it backwards, you know, I did yeah. it, I did it all wrong, you know, and, and so I can't just drop everything and go and, and, uh, and, and so it's like, I, I got to build this slowly and, you know, and, and try to see. 
I can develop something and I've got to stay home. I've got to, I, you know, if I move and what am I, I have to move everybody with me, you know, and it's like, I can't, I'd rather be here anyways. Yeah. And so that's cool. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it grows into something bigger and, and South Dakota is, is, you know, I mean like even on our Facebook page, you can see it's a, we've got the, the, our logo, which is a BJ and in, in the South Dakota flag and, you know, and we've got it's it's a big part of our lives of South Dakota. Yeah. We enjoy nothing more than going to North Dakota or Wyoming and Nebraska and and flying a uh, South Dakota flag big on South stage, Dakota just, flag. just like, dropping it down. And we were in deal one, with it. <laughs> yeah, what it is? No, we were up in uh, uh, the Bucking Horse Sale last year in Montana, and we had uh, on our backdrop we had the banner, you know, our our band logo thing, and and then we had the South Dakota flag hanging beside it and some we have in ears, you know, so we had our in ears in and we're sitting there and some girls come up and they're yelling something. I'm like, what are they yelling? So I took an ear out and I'm like, what's up? They're like, six oh five and we're like, What? Six oh five and I'm like and I kinda of forgot the flag was back there and I'm like, So here's this group of cowgirls that are just gorgeous and they're yelling, Six oh five And we're like, Oh, oh yeah, South Dakota We're like, Yeah that's you know? right. <laughs> Heck yeah. And so. It, oh, that's uh, funny. It was a riot. But. That's cool, man. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you came. Thanks for having this me. Is, this has it's been nice really good. <laughs> yeah. It, it'll, it'll keep improving, man. Mm-hmm. But cheers and good luck on the EP. I'm, yeah, I'm excited to listen to it. Yeah, we should be. We're just about done with the first song. It should be coming out hopefully before too long. So. Cool. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out at the Heath Bar. If you enjoyed this, you can learn more about this episode and other episodes on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Heath Bar on Tap. If you would like to find out ways on how you can support this project, you can do so on the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash The Heath Bar. See you next time.